Welcome, Pathfinders, to Find the Path Podcast Actual Play of the Mummy's Mask Adventure Path. Now, in the final place. The final mm. countdown. Oh, Lord. I've only been making that joke how many times, and nobody wanted to go along with my joke, but now everyone else is making the joke. This is the final day. I'm trying to break myself of saying, you know, we're in the end game now, which I've been saying, I think, for like the entire yeah, book. Yeah, for a long time. Like, probably <laughs> this entire book. But this is literally the last in game day. It's true. It's true. It's true. We have uh, we have approached the finale. The morning of the end. Yeah, I guess. Uh, welcome back, everyone. I suppose we should do a little bit of a recap here. So when last we left our heroes, the doorkeepers, they had finished their exploration of the Crypt of Air, wherein they had been confronted by the, the last guardian general, a sphinx by the name of Syndicate who had informed them that, uh, well, he didn't seem exactly interested in actually being here, serving as a general, and it therefore offered the party a riddle instead of the traditional challenge of combat, since he is forced to challenge you, although the exact challenging is apparently up to his interpretation. That, that's called poorly worded orders right there. You had answered his riddle, and he had allowed you access to the final of the four pyramids, whose magic had guarded the gate of the entryway, the capstone, over the entrance into Hakatep's inner sanctum. You then rest up for the evening, prepared your spells one final time, gathered yourselves together and made your way down to the bottom of the shaft of air and had therein opened the, the portal, the aperture that led down into the depths. More of an aperture, really, because portal has kind of a magical connotation. And this was a, a big clockwork mm. door which had slid out of the way to allow all of you to descend down a shaft into Hakatep's inner sanctum. Which, weirdly, he put at the bottom, not the top of his pyramid. Yeah, that's mm -hmm. weird. He needed more space. Subverts expectations. I mean, if you if you want a very large chamber and you put it at the top of the pyramid, you don't exactly have space. But if you put it at the bottom, you can make a big chamber where you can fly about easier. It's true. I mean, that's true. You know this is going to be huge so that he can fly. Yes, he is definitely going to fly. Either that or the last uh, dungeon instead would have been like one map, but it would have been like eight levels because it just gets smaller and smaller as you get progressively <laughs> up towards the point. There's a spiral staircase in the in the middle of it that we have to trudge up. I mean, that wouldn't not be cool. Yep. It's like a weird wizard's tower in a, in a pyramid. I mean, he's kind yep. of a knockoff wizard. Yep, I mean, all sorcerers are technically knockoff wizards. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Sorcerer. <laughs> Everybody who's playing a sorcerer right now is just like, that's offensive. <laughs> Screw you. Yeah, you they're probably like, eh. <laughs> I didn't to have be to fair, intelligence it. is a better primary stat than charisma. Mm, debatable. I don't know. I love a charisma caster. Anyway, we're, we're derailing ourselves now. I suppose before actually, before we begin, I've got a little anecdote actually to share with all of you. Oh, no. We've, of course, been doing Mummy's Mask for uh, four years now and some change. Yep. And during that time, we've gone from playing in person where I was literally just drawing out maps on a, on a battle mat and all the rest of that laying that down for all of you to doing the, the virtual side of this, the VTT as, as have many people out there playing in the world. And one thing of course that all of us have noted over time is that the old adventure paths for Paizo, the maps weren't necessarily designed to be uploaded and uh, pulled up where you could zoom in extraordinarily far and eventually see the individual pixels comprising the various lines true. making up they were dungeon. There were guidelines of what you were supposed to draw. Yes. Let's be real. That is true. And as such, I've made uh, adjustments as time has gone on. Uh, in large part, actually, I think it was Jessica that turned me on to a, uh, a program that does an AI upscaling of images. Oh, yeah, it's very cool. Unfortunately, not to put too much fear into the heart of my players. Unfortunately, oh, Lord, this last map was so large that even... <laughs> Using that upscale made the map look terrible oh, because wow. the squares were so tiny on there. <laughs> so I had decided, putting myself through an unnecessary amount of work, that I would remake the final oh. map for Mummy's Mask so that Ooh. all of you could truly enjoy it in a higher resolution of which did I have not shown incarnate? to all of you. Because that's a cool I, I did use Incarnate. They are not a sponsor. However, they do provide a good product. And so mm -hmm. uh, I did do that. So I'll go ahead and, uh, and drop you guys on this map as I'm Exciting. very Exciting. I love Incarnate. That's how I make maps. And uh, 
Holy cow, that looks good. Whoa. Love it. Wow, that looks really good. Thank you. And uh, we'll we'll post up a thing those? and let everyone uh, see it up on the uh, the internet. And once I'm done with all this and I don't have to worry about you guys seeing it, I'll post it up and make it available for anyone that wants to download it or anything like that. Yeah, we'll put it on the Patreon and then people can go to the Patreon and download it. It can still be free, but you have to see our Patreon. We can make it free and we can just throw it up on the Patreon. Yeah. So anyway, I figured I'd let you guys in on that little anecdote. So I did have to go through and, and make my own map, but it, it does mean that I have become intimately familiar with every nook and cranny of this map as I have <laughs> nice. steadily put this together. So it's all been lovingly handcrafted by Rick. Lovingly, lovingly handcrafted. You might even say it's like an artisan map um, delivered <laughs> to all of you. So I suppose we should just go ahead and jump back in. We'd made a friend, kind of. Maybe? You had descended down into Hakatep's inner sanctum, entered into this large room expansive chamber. I was mentioning that in the last episode, but now you can truly see how expansive this chamber is. From one side to the other, you think maybe some good 50 or 60 feet wide and over 100 feet in length with a vaulted ceiling in this room stretching up to a height of some maybe 30 feet. The room is mostly occupied with eight tower-like structures of glass and metal and clockwork rising from square pits in two rows, forming two rows of four pillars. Their gears and other mechanical contrivances in ceaseless motion, plumes of pinkish smoke rising from the one furthest from you on the far end of the chamber, which seems to spark and glow. However, it shudders every few seconds and the entirety of this room is filled with this thum, 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 thum that makes your mind go back to when you were exploring inside of the five-pointed sun pyramid over Wati. This mm -hmm. constant, dull, thrumming sound. It's so cool. Masika staring around in a, in a certain amount of awe with a Narmer whose catfish mouth has dropped open comedically as he stares around <laughs> at this, this pinnacle of clockwork construction. <laughs> a corridor exits the room behind you as you've dropped down through the ceiling into this chamber. And a dark stone block, this red block of stone, bars the passage on the opposite side of the chamber. The audible thumb continues to resonate around all of you, and the chamber is filled with a sweet burning odor that you can't quite identify, but seems to be coming from the smoke pluming off of this one broken pylon. Hmm. They must construct more pylons. <laughs> Thank you, Jordan. I'm the only one here who's played StarCraft, clearly. No, yeah, I get it, but, you know. You weren't going to deign that with a laugh, at least? I haven't played Upon... StarCraft in probably 20 years. I probably haven't played it in 20 years either, but <laughs> it sticks with you. I was going to say, when you hear that same like line over and over again, I've got the same thing with WarCraft 3. Like, Frostborn played Warcraft Hungers. 3 a lot. Frostborn, Frostborn hunger. Hungers, work, work, like stuff like that. Keep your feet on the ground, mm -hmm. a lot of that. As you had looked about the chamber a figure had telepathically communicated with you. Not two, which mm -hmm. he was always, also always telepathically communicating with you, but a separate telepathic communication. Mm -hmm. As a ghostly figure, that of a small ethereal woman, wizened, looking, leaning heavily on a walking stick, twice as tall as she is. Her face a map of wrinkles, covered faintly you can see even through the illumination flowing off of her, covered in a number of markings somewhat reminiscent to the sacred tattoos that Masika wears. Her hands are twisted and arthritic, and she floated down into the room, looked over all of you, and uh, I believe I'd left it off basically saying took you long enough. <laughs> the ghostly woman glances irritatedly back in the direction of one of the machines, glances back towards all of you, I suppose then you're responsible for all of this. We broke Depending the on what this is, but yeah, probably. I mean, bringing down the pyramid and activating all the other pyramids and then bringing down the other 15 pyramids and the fleet. Yeah, that was us. <laughs> As she listens to you, just kind of nods, makes her way over towards one of the nearby machine, swings her staff in a way that you expect a, a loud thunk as it impacts into the, uh, the pylon before the staff just floats ethereally through it. Mm. She scowls deeper, looks back. One of you be a deer and bang on this somewhat. 
Masika will step forward and hit it <laughs> I was with like, her soon, staff. Soon he does that thing where he thinks about it, and then he's like, it will explode. Masika, please. <laughs> Masika going over there, smacking it with your staff. Mm-hmm. None of the rest of you really note the difference, but Masika, you can tell that the whine of the machinery has shifted slightly. The woman nods approvingly. Doing a little percussive maintenance here. Are they breaking down? Oh, the exact opposite, if you will. They are made to fix themselves. They were badly damaged in the crash, although as you can tell, she gestures to the seven fully functional pylons and the one on the far room, far side of the room, functioning, but obviously judging by the smoke and sparks, not as well as it should. Oh, that's why it can't take off again. It's got to wait for these to all repair. So can we just break them again? Mm. It would be unlikely the amount of force necessary before truly only worked because for a short period of time, they were no longer... Mm, what they were. Huh? The uh. magic <laughs> deactivated them and brought the pyramid down. Oh. But for some reason, they're able to fix themselves, which sounds weird. Well, we weird. knew we wouldn't only have a limited amount of time before the pyramid was going to rise back up again, and honestly, that's probably the best thing because we don't need people poking around this place. Well, and a point of order, if uh, Chishishek was the one responsible for building all this, which I mean, obvious, the woman nods. The architect had a fair hand. In half of the construction of this, yes. Right. And I'm built much the same way, and I auto-repair all the time. You've got the point there, Narmer. Mm-hmm. Mm. So you must have used Hakatep's little vanity project. They kept so on them, yes. I don't know if i call it little. Mm. It was massive. Miles wide. But yeah. Well, I am Sahila. I think I might have already introduced myself. She walks her way over. Again, you note that she, despite being a ghost, actually still makes the effort to physically walk around. Hmm. A pleasure, and I'll introduce everybody. Well, then, I suppose we should get down to business. Are you... I'm assuming you're meaning that you're going to help us. She smiles. You seem to possess all of the cleverness of your ancestor. Hmm. It's maybe a compliment. Well, she's nicer than he was. I have a conscience. Yeah. He pretended. Yes, yes, I'm probably going to be the only friendly face that you see down here. Yeah, there's quite a few people left on the list. Mm. Mm. Well, I cannot aid you very much. Not in a whatever sense that you so wish. I mean, knowledge is aid. Knowledge, yes, knowledge I can provide. However, I am bound into this room, as it were. Why? Mm, let me simply say that I poured a great deal of hmm, energy into creating this hulk that you see around you. Not by my own volition, however. I am, and was even then, an old woman. And while I am now free of pain and suffering, it was not once the case. I was made to assist here. And eventually, after the betrayal of my sister, after her imprisonment and her attempted coup, after everything else that happened, my spirit was spent. I became what you see now. A shell of what it was. The Shori. How do my people endure? Oh, it's not good news. Um, uh, nobody knows about them, and uh, they haven't been a thing for a long time. As far as we're aware, there are no more Shori. Well, except for Jashura, I guess technically she's still well, around. If you want to call Jashura Shori, sure. I mean, she was Shori once. There was very little of Shuri in her to begin with, and less so by the time that she had finished. Jashura was always a talented individual, but never studious, if you will. Mm. The Empire fell. It happened so long ago, the details aren't really clear. Mm. And most of most people avoid the wreckage of the fallen flying cities. It's They're very dangerous, from what I understand. So, Hakatep got his wish in the end. I hate that. I don't really know if what he did had anything to do with what happened with the Empire. Well, 
Whether or not it did, he got what he wanted, as I suppose he always did. At least he wasn't around to see it. Small. Very, very small consolation. And the fact that he's completely removed from history and we're some of the only people alive, actually the only people alive who know really that he exists. Mm, there are a couple hoping to more keep than it us. that way. In fact, I'll be very happy to forget about him after all of this. <laughs> I don't know if I'd be able to forget about all this, but... I'm, I'm sure two can help out. <laughs> That's Regardless a good point. of that. Two's just like, and you forget, and you forget, and you forget, and you forget. <laughs> and you forget, Norm. How, how do we help you get to your final rest, uh, friend? Yes, don't imagine staying in this room forever is what you want. The final rest. Yes, I am bound here. And will likely remain so, for however long as my murderer... Hakatap? He did not, well, shall we say, do the deed. But I was held and tortured, forced mm. to construct this, and eventually the last of my magic went into making this. Constructing, crafting an artifact is something that only the most powerful of wizards could attempt. Oh, it's not. I succeeded, but I am no Jatembe. I am no magic warrior to be able to simply craft them. Skilled as I was in my own right, obviously. She gestures towards the violence. It is my hope, my understanding, that my soul is bound to the generators here. I am no more than a spirit now. It takes all I have to make myself seen and heard as I am now, which I have not tried to do for some time. I have instead sat in here in the dust and refuse of millennia passing about me. But if Hakatep were removed, perhaps then I could move on. I wouldn't mind getting back, seeing my husbands again, provided they weren't all too dumb to find the door to the afterlife, which is possible. <laughs> oh, I love one. <laughs> oh, unfortunately. I collected a few. Masika smirks. <laughs> so, um, I don't suppose you could tell us, like, the layout of this place and who's where so we know what to expect. I was privy only to the designing the building of these generators here. Some knowledge of what you've gone through above that would be of no use to you now, and I did little. I can tell you that... Hakata, his wife, many of the others can be found beyond that passage. She points to the large red block, blocking the way deeper. However, to get there, you must deal with others first. Mm. Yes, yes. Finding Hakatep will be difficult. All I know is that he's that way. She points back towards the other direction. Although the only one I have seen be able to go through that block is that nasty little spider. And mech. A spider? Is, it, is that on the list? Uh, Hakatep's Herald. Is a spider? Oh, the, the, the bard lady. The bard. It's, I'm being figurative. She's a poisonous little creature. And a ah, okay. Insect Venomous, I would have yeah. crushed under my heel were I allowed to use my unbridled power. Well, Unfortunately, my unbridled power is much less now these days. And mech is that way. She points the opposite direction from the red block the open passage that you'd seen behind you when you dropped into the chamber. At least, that was where she came the last time I saw her. I'm not sure exactly what she truly is, but I know that she is not what she appears. Hmm. Oh, she is good. something more. I mean, to be able to walk through solid stone, some kind of incorporeal creature, like a ghost or something, or right? Or she has a key. Mm, yes, the... The walk through stone, no. She is able to move the block. I believe it has something to do with her uh, pectoral as mm. she presents it when she approaches the stone. Oh, so it's probably a key or something we need to go grab. Yeah, for sure. Mm, quite possible. I know that there's a, a turn outside of this room. One way will take you to, take you to her. The other one, I believe, will take you to Hakatep's Guards. Hmm. The Akaven weren't buried here. They were at the Kepsutanum. So These must he be has others. More guards. 
Yes, these were his soldiers. A hand-picked selection of them, mummified and kept here. Oh, oh one-armed um, lady. What's your name will be here? Yeah, the general. I believe Hakatep's awakening allowed him to restore many, well, allow me to rephrase that, allowed him to corrupt many of the bodies here and give them an unnatural life. Mm. However, I keep seeing shadows moving in that hallway. I think perhaps they are being awoken a few at a time. Hmm. The process takes time, and Hakatep is not one to deal with the menial tasks himself. Ah, we've gotten that impression. So, you will need to, of course, face Hakatep. To do that, you will have to find him, and of course, scrying is, is out of the question. This place being protected, such as it is. But beyond that block should take you to him, and I hope that you are aptly prepared. Well, as prepared as we're going to be. I don't think we have any other choice but to be prepared for this. Pretty much, especially given how close it looks like it is to this place being fully operational. Yes, it will not be long. The pyramid's defenses are down right now, but before long they will be restored. And they are extensive. The architect saw to that. I would say that you should move with all due haste. However, Hakatep is quite the foe. Obviously, you know that he is strong, magically speaking, and quite possibly physically now, enhanced as he is as an undead abomination. However, I've sensed a change in the air currents down here. They do not whisper as they once did. Hmm. He is not what he once was. A being channeling the power of the elemental spirits. His has been corrupted, and as such I think the shattering, as it were, from what I can tell of his spirit, his body, seeing as to how I can sense the spirit upon you. She nods towards Sudi. I think that fragment that was his elemental sorcerer powers is corrupted now and filled instead with the power of death. He may not possess the powers that he did in life, and may possess more necromantic abilities than he ever did before. Hmm. Hmm. All right. You must be strong and clever, for although, again, he is not such as I, being that he is a gifted spellcaster, not one who had to spend centuries perfecting his art, hmm, he is still intelligent, shrewd, a tactician of great skill. He does have a weakness, one that I would suggest that you exploit. Which is? Queen Crazy Eyes. Yeah, she sounds like a real treat. <laughs> Neferu said. He loved that woman. Why, I can't tell you. Yeah, she sounds insane. Quite literally. Like, not in a, you know, oh, they're doing something crazy over there. No, she seems legitimate. She is married here as well. Although, mm -hmm. of course, to transition into the afterlife, the pharaoh goes alone. She was buried elsewhere, but still in the intersanctum here. One, you would not wish for her to still be alive if Hakatep were to be engaged. His ability to move through this place is not hampered, such as perhaps yours or mine is. Mm. And in addition to that, she possesses powers that would were you to bring him even to the cusp of a second death, restore him to his full vitality again. Ah, okay. So I would suggest dealing with her first, and perhaps in doing so, if there is anything in his heart that still approaches love or hate, you may be able to antagonize him. Hmm. Destroying his wife, I think, would be a good first start. It will not guarantee you a large window, but you may be able to fill him with either fear or anger. I think his love is gone. I think he is now a creature incapable of such. But I think his pride and his possessiveness still remain. Mm. Wonderful. As such, you may be able to find an opening brief, though it may be. All right. That one, though, has lost her mind. Mm. Dabbles in the dark spaces between the stars, reads books full of thoughts that should never have been committed to paper. She is a powerful one. I would not be surprised if while Hakatep has been raising up his soldiers that she has been babbling in her tongues 
consorting with the inky dark things from beyond the stars. You should find her hiding hole and drag her out of it. Honestly, that would be... I don't want to say fun, but deserved. Yeah, I think that's definitely going to be part of the plan. That is what I can offer you for now. Well, all right. I guess the question is, do we want to fight the Herald or the army first? We're going to have to fight the Herald just to get through this door. Well, down that way is the Herald and the Generals, but we don't know which way is which, so I guess whichever one we run into first. All right, fair enough. Seems that way. Mm. I wish you the best of luck. I'm glad that someone is finally here to deal with this whole situation. I know that it seems a point of pride, perhaps, that Hakatep was erased. Two just kind of shrugs. Yeah, just doing my job. Yeah. However, it does leave some of us to languish here for a few thousand years while waiting for the stars to align. But align they did. Good luck. I'll be here, but I will not be here for much longer in the form you see. All right. I cannot maintain this shape for very long. It is taxing to me. I will rest now. If you need me further, I can provide what knowledge I have, but all I can tell you is that you must move quickly. And beware, Hakatep possesses magic of obscene power and took it with him to his grave. Beyond this, she gestures to the surrounding pillars. I would say that he possesses magic that would even make some of the Shori concerned. If there were any left to still be said concerned. Alright, well, thanks. Yes, yes. Get along with you. She gestures with her staff. Get. Turns and begins fading back out of uh, substantiality. Yeah, I guess we get and pick a hallway. Yeah, go down that corridor and see. Down that corridor we go. Sudi, I suppose you take point. Citra alongside you. Mm -hmm. As again, the passages are at least 10 feet wide here, which is a little nicer. Two brings up the rear since, you know, of course, with his like 90 foot fly speed or whatever the heck it is he has, which is ridiculous. Again, the hallways here are wide. At the base of this, you would say that they're probably about eight or nine feet across. A little bit thinner up towards the ceiling, although the ceiling in here is about some 10 feet, maybe 12 feet overhead. The walls lean in slightly and are covered in various hieroglyphic markings. As you begin to approach the the first intersection, after a walk of no more than about 25 feet or so, you find that the passage branches making its way both to the right and left. As you stare down the length of the passage, you see that they both continue for some distance towards the edge of the dark vision that each of you have. Before each of them turns, the one on the right turns to the right, the one on the left turns to the left, so that both of the passages turn to make their way back in the same direction, back in a westernly direction, uh, either to, you're going to guess, either the north or south of the central chamber you came into. How do you feel about left? The walls here are covered in various hieroglyphs. The hieroglyphs do nothing to denote where these passages lead. However, you do notice that the prayers are different, depending on which direction you're looking. Interesting. The closest prayers that you see looking towards the left read, Hakatep is the Great One. Hakatep came out between the dunes. Hakatep was created. Horus is satisfied with his father. A tomb is satisfied with his years. Hakatep, child of Sekhmet. Hakatep, lord of the desert. What this means, you have no idea. A little bit all over the place with the deities. Uh, Looking in the opposite direction, you see that it simply seems to read, instead of that way, that Hakatep, your arm is that of Anubis. Your shoulders are those of Anubis. Your chest is that of Anubis. Your back is that of Anubis. Your legs are those of Anubis. Your face is that of Anubis. The sights of Horus serve you. The sights of Set serve you. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but neither of those seem to make any sense whatsoever. Also, why would you go through and be like, every single part of you is Anubis? Just be like, you're Anubis. Two chimes in. It's traditional Osiriani prayer. Because each individual part of the body is a separate piece working together as a single whole. So each piece of him is the god of death. The other way, it seems to be implying that he is the child of Sekhmet, so the child of war. That's probably where the generals are. Probably. I don't know. This is what they get for not going to school, apparently. (laughs) 
I'm not sure you'd be learning all of this in school. Depends on I mean, what kind I don't of know. school. I don't know. If I had gone to apprentice to be a uh, funerary preparer or something, I don't know. Perhaps, because I didn't learn any of this, but I also went uh, for art. <laughs> I mean, I just learned the prayers for Phorasma, which don't mention any of these. I mean, left seems just as good. Deal with um, the uh, the generals, yeah, soldiers, sure. whatever Mini, else Mini, they've got. Miney, Mo, Hakatep got you by the toe. <laughs> I mean, left feels good to me. Left is fine. I think if it's like many of the other places in here, it either is symmetrical and will lead to the same place, or it is a mirror and eventually we'll have to go to the other side anyway. Fair enough. Well, we will the, probably. I think the herald's on one side and the generals are on the other. Well, either way, I would, uh, you know, as a being of absolute law and good, prefer to uh, deal with whatever's down here. Yep. You know, in case we leave and then they get out somehow. That's true. I mean, either way, we're going to deal with uh, everything here. Yep, we're yes. going both ways, so let's just go left and then go right. All right. Sounds good. You turn, make your way down the passage to the left. The passage continues for some distance. Your footsteps echo down the full length of this corridor. Distantly, you can continue to hear that thrum rumbling through, although it becomes almost subsonic to the point that you can't quite hear it with your ears. But Sudi, you can feel the constant vibration through your feet and the rest of you can almost feel it in your chest, like a subwoofer that you can't quite hear, but you can still feel the vibration through the air. Making your way down the passage, you can see that the walls are continually covered with more and more prayers. All of these are prayers of war, asking the gods for favor in war or battle, calling upon the gods for aid in bloodshed. Eventually reaching the end of the passage, you find that it turns to the left as you begin to approach. And after a short distance of only a few feet, you see a large red block taking up the entirety of the passageway ahead of you. The entirety of the block is unadorned with the exception of a single, it's not even a hieroglyph. In the center of the block, well, close to the center of the block, uh, centered between the left and right, although lower down, not quite as far up as the center of this, is a design that looks like the print of a humanoid hand, five-fingered, although easily twice as large as any human's hand. Oh. You think this is the big block that leads to the inner sanctum and we were wrong? No, she said Hakatep was through the other door. All right. And that was supposed to be guarded by a red door, so maybe this is another stone door, so maybe we have to go fight Amak? Maybe? Either that or we need to find a way to bypass it, and the last time we tried to do that, we all kind of went a little insane. I mean, Hollis is just going to start with a good old detect magic. Detecting magic. Uh, it would appear that there is some form of divinatory effect on this. Uh, you may make a spellcraft if you so wish. Uh, okay. I'm going to roll a nat 20 on that, apparently. Uh, oh, nice. For a 47. Okay. Looking this over, uh, you can tell that much like the previous doors that you have run into in this place, there is a means by which to bypass this door. It seems to be able to determine what that means is, and then you assume sink down into the ground. Citra glancing it over, you don't see any signs of a trap on it. Although, again, there are no hieroglyphs or anything denoting what you actually need to do here just the single carving in the shape of a person's hand. Although, again, a hand of incredible size. I mean, it doesn't look trapped to me, but it's also a block, so I, I assume somebody just needs to place their hand upon it. I feel like it knows who you are when you put your hand on it, and if you're not the right person, it doesn't open. So should we check the other hallway first? Yeah, may as well. Just see if it's also got a block like these. Hopefully it doesn't. If not, we can come back and knock. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe she'll just open. All right, so we got on the other the other side, though the right side from where we had originally come into this uh, hallway. Very well. You make your way back down the passage, pass back by the uh, aromatic hall wave, although Sila has completely dissipated by this point. <laughs> Distantly, you hear you're on your own. <laughs> Reaching the end of this passage, you see that the hall turns to the right, continues for a distance of maybe some 30 or 40 feet. Again, the walls here are covered with numerous prayers to Anubis and discussion of death. At the end of this passage, you see a large red block. <sighs> Identical in appearance to the one that you had seen on the other side, save for the painted figure, 
which seems to be a man wearing an Anubis mask and holding mummification tools. Beyond that, there's still the carving in the center of the door of the large hand. I mean, Sudi, you're, okay. you're like a Phrasman. Eh, kind of different than being an Anubin. Well, it's like last rites and stuff. I don't know. I mean, I'm also not in, uh, powerful enough to actually be like any kind of a spellcasting cleric or anything like that. But you can get big. Your hand can maybe fit. <laughs> yeah, so let's, let's have Sudi get big, put his palm on there, and then we have to run to fight before he loses it. <laughs> Yikes. I mean, I could easily enlarge myself. That's also an option. I mean, too, you want to give it a shot to see maybe it has to be a large hand, but it doesn't care who as long as they're big enough? I mean, if that's what you want, I'll take point. I mean, uh, I mean better than right. me taking point. What's the worst that could happen? Nah, something real bad, but it's fine. Probably shouldn't say that out loud. He didn't. It was an uh, Technically, he didn't. Oh, that's true. <laughs> maybe, maybe that's a bypass. Speak no evil. He makes his way forward. Are the rest of you accompanying him? Oh, well, yeah. Hollis will hang back. Since you're looking over the door, you see no signs of trap. Masika, are you heading up? Yeah, I would move forward. Two makes his way forward. Raises up a hand. Places it on the stone block. As he does so, a second later, as he places his hand basically into the indentation, this carved hieroglyph of a hand on there, you hear the barely audible over the distant thrum of this clicking sound of numerous clockwork gears. And the block slides seamlessly down into the floor. Does that seem too easy to anyone else? Don't say that. Keep that to yourself. Yes. Yes, it did. <laughs> I guess we'll reform with, uh, you know, Citra and Sudi in the front. Yeah, Paulus will As, scoot on down. Oh, oh, oh. As the door slides down, the light from two's wings blazing as you step into a massive chamber. At the far, far reaches of the chamber, you can only faintly make out perhaps movement, although it's difficult to tell from here. You're immediately struck by this overwhelming stench of dust and blood. Hmm. This chamber is massive. From one side to the other, you'd say that it's probably a good maybe 50 feet across. In overall length, it's hard to even tell from here how large the room is. But as you make your way forward, you can see that hieroglyphs cover the floor of this chamber. From here, you can see that there are designs here of ancient Osiriani burial rites. Men and women in the process of embalming as a large jackal-headed figure stares over them as they go about their business. Distantly, you can hear what can only be defined as a wet tearing sound. Ah, jeez. Ew. Like, like an animal tearing into another animal? Like or that. somebody kind doing of. some sort of ritual. Ugh. Do you wish to make your way further into the room? Carefully. Yep. Stepping in, you make your way steadily towards the center of the room. Eyeing, I imagine, the surrounding walls, floor. Eventually, your light begins to play over two rows of, for lack of a better term, stone buyers. These stone platforms, almost akin to altars upon which and around which are scattered corpses and body parts. Mm. The walls here are marked with hieroglyphs surrounded by circles of gems, and the entire far wall of the room is, far portion of the room, is drenched in gore. Surprising you, especially considering the age of the things down here, is the sheer smell of blood. Yeah, that's weird. <laughs> there we are. Maybe they stop, stop for a snack. As you step forward, your light plays over this glistening figure that stands between the two rows. Seemingly in the process of removing or digging her arm out of the chest cavity of a body laying on one of the tables. She turns and looks back towards all of you as you enter. Her face, linens, dress, so on, are stained in blood. However, you can still recognize the beautiful face of the woman that you had seen whenever you first arrived at the Pyramid of the Sky Pharaoh. Ah. And Mech turns and offers all of you a warm smile. <laughs> yeah. Why do I get the feeling it's l less warm and more creepy? Why do I feel like this is such an illusion? 
Welcome, heroes. It was my belief that we would meet again. You have proven yourself worthy. You are welcome here to the workshop of Anubis. Anubis, as he should be. Are, are you literally criticizing a god? I believe that his views are askew. Yes. There's a god for this kind of thing. I think you're looking for Ergothoa or one of them types. I have no interest in your foreign beings. I have seen beyond the veil. While once I firmly held to the faith, and Anubis's practices seem to be lacking. There is power after death, and why should one wait for an afterlife when one can rule in death? Because you're an undead abomination and it's not natural. Can we just have your pectoral, please? We're not just going to take it and leave. Where'd you even get these bodies? We made preparations. Oh, don't tell me. They just stopped and picked up some people. You have proven your skill and ability by reaching here and passing the fourfold path. As she speaks, the eight bodies on the tables sit up simultaneously. Yeah, oh we don't want to let her talk if she's some sort of bard type. And I suppose then you will be the first to challenge the new, and I would even argue, improved Akumen. Oh no. It is an honor that I bestow to you. She cackles like maniacal like and witchy. considering that she does not yeah. have to breathe constant cackling laugh that echoes through this chamber and uh let's go ahead and just get initiative from the party shall we oh boy so cue up a little sirenscape sirenscape terrifying bards maybe she may just be a witch i mean the cackling makes me think witch yeah we'll see I mean, you witch? can have a cackling laugh without actually using quote-unquote cackle. Well, yeah, it's true. <laughs> true. I do just love a good cackle. A good cackle in the morning. All right, Hollis Starkweather. Uh, I rolled a 14 for a 21. 21. Sudikantar. I roll a 7 for a 13. Masika of the Beckon. Masika rolls a 19 for a 21. Citra Nahamra. Uh, Citra rolled an 8 for a 14. 2. Just 2. Two rolled a two. Uh, no, I was just saying uh, two who doesn't go by any name other than two. Mm. Uh, I could say 16 for a 24. Nice. All right. Let's get into some combat now, shall we? Oh, boy. It's what the people are here for. <laughs> so combat begins and Met gets first initiative. Well, dang it. So much for stopping her. Yeah, mm. it's that plus nine initiative modifier. Oh, my gosh. She only beat me um, by two. That's insane. On the modifier, not on the roll. All right, so she's going to start off by uh, making her way 30 feet forward. She yeah, strides her way cool. up between the two paths, stepping fully into the blazing bright light of Two's massive wings. Again, he's still like nine feet tall right now. As she steps forward, she smiles broadly, brings up a hand to her head and up to basically like under the edge of her pectoral and rips as her skin okay. flays free from her body, okay. dropping in massive spools down to the ground as she drops it like a woman would a silken cloth uh, as the skin falls uh -huh. free, revealing nothing but the bare glistening red muscles and tendons beneath. Yikes. I will need everyone to go ahead and make me a will save. Uh, this is a fear effect, but go ahead and take a minus five penalty on that as she rips the skin from her flesh. Well, I rolled poorly. Uh, I have the Senate board, so it's only a minus three for me, correct? Yeah, I mean, total total math on it. Hollis rolled a five, so minus a five, plus a two from the Senate board, she gets a 16. Eeks. Uh, Sudi rolls a 16 for a 32. Uh, Masika rolls an 18, which would normally get her a 37, so a 32 with the minus five. My lord, what is going on? I ain't never seen nobody just take their own skin off like a jacket, throw it on the ground. Something right. tells me you're um, fleeing. Citra rolled a 16, which with the minuses slash bonuses gets me a 24. Okay. Are we both running? Citra, Hollis. Wouldn't be out of the norm. Yeah. Let's run together. This is one of the single most disturbing sights that either of you have ever seen. Fair. That's counting the fact that Sudi was almost an ooze yesterday. 
Yeah. <laughs> However, that didn't bother me as much. I don't know why. This woman literally just flayed herself in front of you. She sure did. Uh, you will both be shaken for the next 21 rounds. Wow. Oh my God. Wow. Uh, I'll take it. I thought we were running. I rolled a 16. Is there any way I could have passed that? You came close if that helps. <laughs> Gross. She cackles gleefully, as that was her standard action to rip her skin off. Gross. True. Super gross. Yep, she's definitely dead now, you can tell. Oh, 100%. I mean, I mean we, we didn't think no she was doubt. alive. I mean, we, we kind of figured as much. Uh, she does enlarge to be a massive, eight and a half foot tall creature instead of the diminutive woman that you'd seen before, somehow compressed into her skin. She was, <laughs> she was literally, like, ripped off the skin like you would rip off the wrapping paper on mm-hmm. something. Yep. Yikes. So that brings us to the uh, first of the Akaman who turns, levels his bow and fires in one fluid motion. And two is the closest target there. So that's going to be uh, two as the first target of opportunity there. Hmm. And they haven't started firing at you guys yet. So we'll go ahead and test the waters and rapid shot. Okay. So these guys are archers. So we definitely won't, don't want to let them be archering. Two is currently large size and flat footed. <laughs> now that we're not both running out of this room. Thank goodness. So one of the arrows does slam into two. The other two bounce off, one of them incinerating into ash as it burns through one of his fiery wings. Hmm. Uh, the other arrow that does strike him slams home before just snapping in two against his hardened uh, pectoral muscles as he glances down oh, and man. shrugs. I don't know why I suddenly not... imagine him as Terry Crews. Because yes. you said pectoral muscles. muscles. Yep, he flexes his pectorals as it did not do enough to bypass his 10 evil damage reduction. Nice. Hey. That brings us to two. Who considers whether or not he wants to go big this early in the day. It's I mean, he can he do it in an unlimited amount will. of times. Oh, you mean, he's probably talking about dropping like a holy smite or something. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's, he's figuratively already big. He could go bigger. But uh, yeah, you know what? Just because he can do that uh, three times per day, he'll just go ahead and extend a finger as a fireball streaks across the distance and detonates in the... Uh, the far side of the room. Nice. Why am I doing this to myself? I guess I have to make nine reflex saves now. <laughs> Rick can't help but play our NPC allies effectively. Good. You, Jess, you should totally follow up with a fireball so he's make nine more reflex saves. <laughs> I could, <Get> <laughs> but I don't even have fireball prepared today. I'd have to spend a standard action to get one. Oh, well, never mind then. All right. And two save DC actually is not that high. So, that being said, I rolled like garbage for the Akumen. Oh, boo So, Yay. only two of the Akumen actually <laughs> save. Yay! And Anne Mech does as well. Well, apparently her dex is just insane. So, that's 35 points of fire damage, which will strike uh, all but two of the Akumen. And then 17 points of damage to the remaining two Akumen, as well as Anne Mech as a fireball blasts through the far side of the room. Again, most of it in darkness as the bead streaks over there and detonates. For a moment, you can see these eight figures, nine counting the uh, the Herald of Hakatep, silhouetted in this blast of explosion that sears your eyes for a moment before it dissipates back into darkness. Nice. Two will also go ahead and stride his way forward, the light from his blazing wings casting the rest of them in light as he closes on his enemies. Masika of the Beckon. Can I make a roll to see what the heck she is? Be a knowledge religion. She's one of those uh, big red titans from Attack on Titan. Masika <laughs> uh, rolls a 12 for a 28. You're able to recognize this as an écorché. Sounds French. Écorchés are the bodyguards and spies of undead masterminds, appearing as gory giants. Uh, they are created by infusions of necromantic toxins and grafts of reanimated sinew. In their natural p- form, they possess no skin, and Ekose, however, can still the flesh of another creature, flaying its ah! victim in mere seconds and leaving it in unimaginable shock and pain with only ah. moments to seek aid before perishing. Ah! This gruesome act of violence is only the first stage of the chaos in Ekose spreads with its violence, as it can then with its incredible control over its gruesome form, compress its body into the skin of a much smaller creature. Wearing such grisly garb, these terrors can walk amongst the living, doing the bidding of their terrible masters or searching for more influential individuals to murder, skin, and impersonate. 
Mm. Oh, gosh. It just kept getting worse. Uh, generally speaking, if an Ecorche's unholy nature is revealed, the monster is quick to dispose of its now useless disguise, bursting from the suit of flesh and exposing its terrible form to the unprepared few whom can withstand some such unabashed gore. Oh, gosh. Oh, gosh, yep. that's horrifying. Giant, uh, giant terrifying woman. Mm-mm. Unfortunately, while you can identify what it is, you don't know anything about what it can do. You're just aware that it is a large size undead. And a little bit that you got there as far as like, it could apparently flay people. Yeah, Masika is going to move forward. So she's standing right behind two. Masika, you stride your way forward. Uh, step up behind the, uh, the sheltering figure of two as you stare at this gory mass, knowing what a horrific undead being it is. Uh, again, surrounded by the almost comedically small in comparison guardian Akumen who you believe are supposed to be its guardians, although to be perfectly honest, she looks like the greater threat. Mm, yeah, but uh, there's a bunch of them. <laughs> so Masika's going to cast Kona Cold since two's immune to cold damage. Two's Last like, go one. ahead. Woohoo! So Deal. you stride forward, drop down to a knee, basically stick a hand past two's leg as this blast of cold sears past him, phrasing across him, which does nothing to two. However, I will now need to make reflex saves for all of these guys. Welcome to the fight of making Rick roll an unseemly amount of reflex mm-hmm. saves. It's yep. fun. I've got to uh, burn all DC- these spells before you get <laughs> to Huck it up. DC 24. That's somewhat better. So the blast rolls over them. Uh, Masika does 43 points of cold damage. And three of the Akumen save, as does Enmech. So four of the Akumen fell. So 43 points of damage. Merry Christmas. A little Y'all. hot and cold there. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I was going to say, what? I don't know. Snow, blizzards, Christmas. That's where my brain was. I don't know. Happy winter solstice in a world that doesn't have Christmas. We're all about that Saturnalia over here. No, they don't deserve Saturnalia. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. They deserve only sadness. And 21 points of damage to the ones that saved. And elves? I don't really know. So a solid hit from Masika bringing us to... Hollis Starkweather. One flank coming right up. Uh, Hollis is going to kind of run forward and to the side a little bit. Uh, and then if Citra is, is amenable, is going to cast telekinetic charge to pick <laughs> Citra up, move her around behind her, and uh, plop her down diagonal from two behind the first uh, guardian friend. Okay. I was a little worried nice. you were going to stick me in the center there. <laughs> they, just, they all just turn and fire. <laughs> They're going to shoot at all of us. And this way you're in the flank when you get to make your free attack I'm giving you this turn. Yes. Hey. With a plus two bonus. Good. It'll cancel out the free and minus As long I as I keep you then 65 feet of me I can maneuver you out of taking opportunity attacks. So basically you lift Citra Hurler across the room, deliver her back behind the uh, the closest of these newly risen Akumen, kind of dodging her, like flipping her around the outside of the room like a, I don't know, like a pet owner <laughs> with one of those little birds on a stick, playing with a cat, trying to keep it out of <laughs> yes, the reach yeah, of the, exactly. uh, the attack of opportunity and cat that is and Matt. How do you know that Rick has cats right there? <laughs> yeah. All right, get him. Uh, All right. I believe she gets to make an attack as I, soon as she lands. I do get, a plus two uh, bonus. Uh, automatic attack. All right. I rolled a 13, which gets me a 33. Has that one even moved yet? That one has not moved. A 33 will strike your flanked foe. Flanked and flat-footed. I love this spell because it's fourth level and it does just so much damage because of Citra. Right. So, it's really just because you're turning the rogue into like, you know, a, a projectile. Bomb, kind of. <laughs> it's awesome. Yeah. Oh, pretty rolls. <laughs> All righty. So that would be a uh, 44 points of regular damage, uh, six points of electricity damage, and five points of fire damage. So you fly through the air, land, spin your Kopesh, and lash out with lightning fast agility as you cleave through the base of this thing's skull and it collapses down into a bloody mess. He's dead, Jim. Well, uh, I did not expect that. Okay. Well, you've been softened up by some From Hollis, we go to. The next of the Akumen. So the next Akumen, Probably real seeing mad. what has happened here, <laughs> will go ahead and open fire on Hollis. And oh, we'll go ahead and rapid shot while he's at it. Uh-oh, they're smart. Uh, smart, but rolling poorly. Uh, that is an... No, that is an A. 22. That misses. Aha. Follows that up with a 27. Ah, that hits. Follows that up with a... Uh, that's only a 21. That misses. So, one of them. 
So one arrow sails across the distance and strikes you for nine points of damage. Ouch. The next Akumen will attempt to rush forward past two, which will provoke an attack of opportunity. Get him, two. Two lashes out with his massive Kopesh. Eat him. Is a 35, which will strike his target. Slicing in for 23 points of damage and two points of fire damage. Although he is not getting through their damage reduction. Well, he's getting through it, but he's not bypassing it. The creature rushes forward, flanking two, spinning, dropping his bow as he moves, drawing forth his Kopesh, hefting it in two hands and swinging it at two's exposed flank. That is a 38, which will strike the Exender. Wow. Hmm. Cleaving into two's flank for 14 points, which will be four points after the 10 damage reduction. Ow, he says. Going <laughs> so, from so casually. two. <laughs> Ow. Yep. It's like when you're playing with a cat and they bite you. Yes. Ow. Unless they're actively trying to kill you. Citra Nahamra. All right. So the Akamun that is standing right next to me has not gone yet, correct? That is sadly correct. Kill him! I would like to uh, two-weapon fight him. Yay! That's what I would like to do. So let's let's do this. All right. First swing. I roll a 12, which gets me a 28. Will strike your foe as you spin around and dive to the attack, lashing out, striking your flat-footed foe. Oh, dang it. I should have made a religion check next time. Oh, yeah. You yeah, I was going to say, that. it doesn't do me any good because <laughs> I don't have any of that. Man, if only you guys were 10th level, they'd be really good. <laughs> All right, so that will be uh, 43 points of regular damage, six points of electricity, and six points of fire. With your first swipe, you cleave through the neck of this thing as its skull <laughs> goes flying free and it collapses into ash and dust. Great, these things explode. <laughs> Surprise. I really hope we're not bringing that back. There you have a five-foot step and uh, the rest of your attack. I'm not going to be able to do much to her, but I shall move five foot forward and okay so the next one is probably not going to hit that is a four for a 15 a 15 will not strike your foe <laughs> uh oh no uh <laughs> that one's not gonna work either probably that is a uh six for a uh math 22 a 22 will not hit <laughs> in citrus defense she is terrified <laughs> of this creature that just okay. flayed itself <laughs> yeah it's, it's scary but i did just roll a natural 20 Nice! A perfect uh, 20 will automatically hit threat roll to confirm. Uh, 18 plus 11, that would be a 29 to confirm. A 29 will not confirm your critical hit as your blade oh, slices wow. in, scoring okay. into her side. Oh my that's, goodness. That's, that's, that's scary. That's problematic. Okay. Uh, well, I do 11 points of regular damage and 3 points of fire damage. Good news, bad news. The fire does affect her. The 11 points of damage is not enough to get through her damage reduction as your blade does nothing but burn her. Wow. Wow. Okay. I need to know what she is. I can't believe I didn't make my roll. You can always rely on Sudi to make that check. <laughs> yeah, you might. Uh, with my five religion? Oh, no, you won't. Yeah, no way. All right, well, these guys' images are just too small. They look like gremlins. They do. Uh. <laughs> A little bit, yeah. <laughs> Like, I can't figure out what... I know that's not an ear, but it looks like an ear coming off the side. There it is. Okay, that makes more sense now. <laughs> <laughs> they got little flags on their backs. Yeah, but, again, the these Aku men are covered in the scaled armor, this classic scaled armor t design with an armored their, pectoral uh, It's their headdress, headdress flying off to the side, so when yes. the image is very tiny, it makes it look like a gremlin. <laughs> From there, we go to the next of the Aku men. The little gremlin. Little Somebody fed them after midnight. This lady did. He drops his bow, rushes his way forward, Kopesh springing out into his hand, hefts his blade, and uh, provokes an attack of opportunity as he closes on two. All right, uh -huh. get him, two. As two glances down at this one closing, hefts and swings his Kopesh round. Uh, however, that is a, well, two rolled a two. No. Or two. That, that's just a joke. It's not actually however, supposed to roll that. As as he does have a plus 25, that is still a 27, which will strike his target as his blade <laughs> rapes back around and slices into this thing. Get him. <laughs> Cleaving into it for 
19 points of regular damage, 5 points of fire damage, which definitely hurts it as it closes, hefts, and swings its Kopesh. That is a, my god, 39, which will strike the flanked two. Wow. That's awful. Quick side note here. Looking at the differences between their attacks, I don't know why the tactics of this says that they use their bows to begin with. When they're so much worse they with their bows. They're so good with these Kopeshes. For balance, probably. Nah, yeah, it's probably because the room's so big and we're coming in from the other side, so they're supposed to pop shots while we're running across the room. Yeah. Uh, dealing yeah. 19 points of damage to two, which will be nine points of damage because they're not using evil-lined weapons. Hmm. S2 just kind of stumbles back from this hit. Okay, this is starting to hurt. Is it actually starting to hurt? He's lost 10% of his health. Big old 10%. Not really. <laughs> really. Not really. <laughs> Bring us to Sudikantar. Okay, I don't like this Aquaman in the back who is threatening two and Masika. So Sudi's going to move up uh, base to base there uh, with that Aquaman flanking with two. And uh, I'm going to punch him. All right. All right, that is an 11 for a 32. A 32 will hit your flanked foe. Okay. I do 16 points of damage. A solid hit. Uh, although, of course, some of that is absorbed by its damage reduction. Yep. So then with a swift action, I'll switch into pummeling style for next time. Sudi comes charging into the fight, taking us from Sudi to one of the two back Akumen. I call this one Pink. Mm. Uh, Pink drops his bow. First into song. Good. Don't let me get me. Anyway. <laughs> so what? She's still a rock star. Uh, yep. <laughs> we'll go ahead and rush forward. It's not a great place to, you know, we'll go ahead and dart in there. So uh, drops the bow, draws Kopesh, closes on two, provoking another attack of opportunity as two continues to, again, like a like a man being swarmed by chihuahuas. I don't really have a good analogy for this one. It's, <laughs> it's suddenly surrounded by all these little biting uh, creatures. It's like the compies in the lost world. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Like tiny little chicken dinosaurs attacking you in the brush. Two goes ahead and sweeps out with his blade, striking with a 34. That combat reflex really pays off for two. Right now it is. Good. I was going to say, he's been getting a lot of uh, mileage out of that. So that's 20 points of regular damage, 5 points of fire damage, total of 25. The creature hefts and swings, creeping on up there. Uh, that's a 41, which will hit the flanked two. Still not a critical, though. We don't like this. Uh, cutting into two for 13 yeah. points of damage, which will be three points of damage because two has damage reduction. Damage reduction also paying dividends. For sure. Brings us to the next of the Akumen. They're all just going to pile in, aren't they? Yeah, it goes ahead and drops that, closes, closes on Citra, hefts and swings at the rogue. That is a 30 even. So no, that does not hit me. Citra springs lively out of the way, kind of eyeing Bobbing up towards this other one and Probably glad that there's uh, other targets that she might be able to take on instead of trying to take on the skinned giant. That brings us to Enmech. Uh-oh. Well, she ripped off her skin, which is her big opening gambit. And it was horrifying. Somehow she kept her pectoral on, though. It's true. That's, she, again, she reached up under it and then ripped it off. So. I, it just yeah. makes me think of the scene it's like from uh, Silent Hill. So, got two and Citra. Two's currently being bogged down. Citra's here on the back line. She'll take a five-foot step back into the side, letting two deal with the Akumen before turning her gaze down on Citra. So I would like to step up, and not only that, I would like to step up and strike. Nice. Hey. Get right. I mean, I'm going to chip away at her. I can't do a whole lot, but I can try. Maybe someone will flank with you next turn. So Citra springs forward, <laughs> sure swings. So. Uh, okay. I rolled an 18 for a 36, which is a threat. Mm. A 36 will hit threat roll to confirm mm, maybe we'll see i roll a uh 15 which gets a 33 a 33 will confirm your critical hit as okay. you slice nice. into nice. i'm gonna do a little bit of damage to her guys we believe in you if pertinent oh i probably should have mentioned this at the beginning of the turn she's also regenerating i hate her oh, oh come on seriously of course she is Okay. All right. I do 19 points of regular damage and six points of fire damage. So I think that means I do nine points of damage and six points of fire. Uh, four points of damage because uh, she has a 15 <laughs> damage reduction. Oh, <laughs> Golly so gee willikers. Why? But the fire seems to fully affect her. So yeah. 
So you do spring forward, Fireworks. launch up, and ram your blade into the side of her knee, trying your best to like bring her down as she turns back towards you. The lumbering creature lashes out with two claws. She gonna hurt me, guys. Oh yeah, she gonna hurt you. She gonna hurt me real bad. Dodge and weave. Dodge and weave. Dodge um, weave. Well, I mean, that first one's a 45. <laughs> ah! My yeah, lord. So slices in her claws, slice you for 20 points of damage as they rip okay. into your side. Uh-oh. City's going to have to change tactics. I can feel it. Second claw reaches around. That is with a 39. Yeah. Claws into you this time for 21 points of damage. Okay. Here's where it gets bad. No, she can freak she her skin off. She then rins yep. as she rips digging her claws and ripping into Citra for a painful 25 points of damage as blood sprays. Oh my god. Uh, You are now bleeding as per the bleed condition. Yikes. As blood sprays out. And lastly, she will use her sea skin as part of her rend action. Oh my god. I will need you to make a fortitude save to resist being skinned alive Ah! next time. Oh my god! Find the Path Ventures is an officially licensed partner of Paizo Incorporated. Mummy's Mask is copyright 2014. Mummy's Mask and the Pathfinder Adventure Path are trademarks of Paizo. All Pathfinder images are property of Paizo and are used with permission.